This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. So, dude, I don't even really want to talk about this game because I don't want this woulda, coulda, shoulda shit. We both know where it was at. After that interception and that stupid ass celebration by the whole defense in the end zone, I was thinking, I even tweeted it. Don't celebrate yet, man. There's too much time left. That's all I'm going to say. That's, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to get into the details. We all know the details. I wrote about it. I'm sure you've been over it. You lost what could have, well, you won a little bit of money, but you could have won a lot of money. It's your team. Questions about Jimmy G. But I, I just honestly, unless you got something to say, Fuck that game. I'm done with it. It is what it is. I don't, I don't need to say anything else about it. I don't want to think about it. Oh, no, that's perfect for me because I don't I know. As a grown man, I've, it bothered me far too much, and I've basically avoided all of the media, and I actually not even read your observations piece or anything. So I, I don't want to talk about it either. Uh, yeah, it'll really piss me off. Very, very frustrating. It's going to be a tough one to get over. Uh, embarrassing, like I said, how much it's bothered me. So, yeah, I have no problem with, with uh, not talking about that game ever again. Okay, that's it. I'll just say that I sent you $1,200 that night in part just to put it to bed. I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to – I'm just going to get rid of this and flush this shit down the toilet. I'm just done. Yeah, I um, I could have gone bigger in my hedge. I should have, obviously. I got um, I did not uh, go as big as we even discussed. Uh, and I even sent you one. I used an alternate money line on one of my bets, so KC plus three and a half. So we're getting a little greedy there, although you know it's still one. Um, I, I uh, yeah, I, I I tweeted out the most likes I think I've ever gotten a tweet was me tweeting out my losing ticket. So it's nice to know humanity takes uh, you know gra- you know they they like seeing other people suffering. So uh, at least we had that out of it. But let, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, how, how you doing? How you doing Liz? otherwise it's my 11 year uh wedding anniversary today so i'll still take the time to go do a little podcasting with you it's also my dad's birthday today so i, I don't know I, I chose to get married on my dad's birthday which was nice at the time but now you know uh three years later he's been he's died you know and you get the reminder of all the pictures and social media and he was like a larger than life guy so like his buddies still get together every year and toast him you know so a reminder of that on my my anniversary but uh so cheers to my old man and uh how you been Liss? uh well b- brutal the niners aside how you been otherwise man happy birthday to your dad and thank you I've been good personally, but I've been annoyed. Like, obviously, the football game didn't turn out the way I wanted. I was going to buy this dope-ass uh, alpaca coat that my friends, they're making these coats <laughs> now, and they're, like, super high-end. They source the stuff in Peru. They design them themselves, and I respect it. They're, like, running a legit, you know, creative business, and the coats look good, but they're, like, 1,200 euros. And I could use a coat, but it's not that cold in Portugal. 
So I was like thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? If I win this bet, I'll just I'll just use the winnings toward that. Um, and unfortunately, <laughs> would have gone well with your scarves. It would have gone. It was dope. He, he showed me one. The guy, it's he and his wife make the thing. But he was wearing. He he designed a white one for himself and had it tailored right. He looked like a pimp in that thing. This would cost like five or six grand if you bought it at a a retail like high end, you know, cashmere coat or a you know coat made of that material. But this is alpaca. It's it's really cool. It's like you know it's from these alpacas. They're like llamas in Peru, and they use the fur to make these dope coats. And you're saying no go now. No, I'm no, not no gonna get it. No, fun. it was, it was okay, a luxury yeah. item, and I right, you know right. I squandered my. <laughs> At least yeah. my short-term luxury purchases yeah, on a, on helping you hedge your bet, but it was a lot easier to send that PayPal knowing that you were far more miserable than I was. <laughs> so I was miserable, but I was like, I know he feels worse, so I just hit send. Yeah, you know that the Iowa thing with Bernie's pissing me off. Yeah. I mean, it's so obvious they were going to do some cheap shit, and it's so ridiculous that people are like giving them the benefit of the doubt. Like, if you look into this, I didn't want to get into it. it's too much. It's I didn't want to. Th- it's like the Super Bowl. I don't want think about this either. Mayor Cheat, his his whole team is like invested in the company with the people that designed the app, and those are like ex Clinton people that are in that that whole world that the app designer and the Iowa Democratic Party. The scary thing isn't that it's rigged because they obviously cheated in 2016, but they're just doing it in, in plain sight, broad daylight. They don't even give a shit anymore. Everyone knows it's ridiculous. They announce it with like 68% of the vote in now 72 as like this sort of tie, but they make it the big win for, for CIA Pete. You know, maybe they'll concoct something that convinces enough people to accept the nominee and just have him lose to Trump? Uh, or maybe this is just the end of the Democratic Party as we know it. Like, it, like the, the mask is off. It's just a, basically, it's just a lobbying outfit for the banks and the military contractors. And that's all it is right now. And it's just become obvious. So I don't even, Bernie's not even my first choice. It's not even that. It's just, it's just the blatant unfairness and and just insult to, to everyone's intelligence of what's going on. It's like flat out cheating and all the networks and the you know news media is just going along with it like, oh yeah, okay, well I guess we'll call great win for Buttigieg and it's like the Epstein thing. It's like, oh yeah, well, you know, the apparently uh, he committed suicide and the guards did not happen to be there and the cameras malfunctioned and oh that earlier suicide attempt from the week before, yeah, that footage has also been deleted somehow. It was copied over and they're just doing it in plain sight. There's not even a, they're not even making an effort to convince anybody anymore. Yeah. I was, I sent you an Epstein thing about like how he has this bank supposedly uh, offshore that's suddenly alive since he, he died. And just the thought of him is just getting more and more infuriating. The fact that he was the excuses that they give us, that they had like a bunch of, um, uh, you know, the, what they have, the people in the prison, they were working over shift and over. It's like that guy should have been the most heavily guarded person in America. Like, give me a break. Cup telling me that the people were working over hours and no one was paying attention anyway. Um, yeah, so interesting stuff. So the Iowa, even as we record this uh, Wednesday afternoon, there's not even been declared a winner, right? No, basically, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen is that they're going to have to eventually tabulate the votes because I think that the campaigns have it manually counted and they could actually verify it eventually. And they're going to announce it that Bernie won the most delegates and had by far the most votes. And it'll happen right as the New Hampshire or after the New Hampshire results are in already. Uh, so basically, right. they're going to maximize the bump that 
Mayor Pete gets for the donors and the dumbest voters on the planet, if, if there are any, to think that he's now the front runner or main contender. They're going to basically, that's what you want out of Iowa. It's just a few delegates. It's not going to probably you know, change the whole scope. It's just basically a, a narrative that comes out of there is what you want. And they're basically gifting him right, the narrative. Right. And when right. they do correct that's it, when they do correct it, it'll already have had its effect, basically. They'll correct it and say, oh, actually, yeah, now that we have it all, and I think Bernie did win both. Sorry for the delay. But it'll, it's, it's kind of like if they print a smear of somebody in the, in the New York Times or something, and then they get threatened for the lawsuit, and then they print a retraction in the fine print, right. page seven, whereas the smear was on page one. They print the retraction a week later, and nobody reads the retraction. That's, I think that's sort of the game plan. So I would, be, I would bet money that when, it, when it's over, I would bet two things. One, that Bernie definitely won, and two, it'll come out at a time where they hope that all the benefits of declaring Buttigieg the winner is already going to be, will already have been reaped for him. Like a lawyer saying something you know it's going to be struck, he just wants the jury to still hear it. Yes. Um, that, that makes sense about the narrative, what you're saying. From what little I know, and that especially when it comes to politics, very little, um, is that Iowa just kind of gets an unfair uh, it's, it's emphasis because it's the first one, right? I mean, is that just basically what it is because it's the first and like 90% of the voters are, are white, which is not really representative of the Democratic Party. So it's just kind of just a timing weirdness thing. And, and the narrative is all you need. That's the most important thing. Does that make sense? I think that's a lot of it. Although I think these people I follow, one of whom is a Bernie, I think she's on the staff. And she said that overwhelmingly uh, the non-white vote went to Bernie in Iowa. There's not that many non-white people in Iowa, but overwhelmingly they went for him. So to the extent that you know people care about that or they, they want a wider, uh, more representative uh, voting electorate for their candidate, he definitely checks that box if that's, if that's something you care about. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's got to be infuriating for you. As you predicted, it was going to happen pretty much, and it's exactly. Well, this is, is this is just the first one. This is just a sparsely populated state that doesn't have that many electoral votes. So, you know, wait till wait till they get to the big ones. The stuff they're going to pull. I mean, it's obvious that nobody with half a brain is voting for their voting for the astroturf CIA McKinsey douchebag. Like nobody wants that guy to win. Nobody likes that guy. Nobody is like, this is my guy, because it's obvious at this point what he represents. The, there's only three candidates in the race, I think, really. And I think that's Bernie, Tulsi, and Yang. And I think Warren even has now just become establishment-driven, media-driven. She got the New York Times endorsement. I mean, it's a kiss of death almost. It's almost like if you get a newspaper endorsement or the people on MSNBC like you, it's a kiss of death because those sources are becoming more and more hated by more and more people. So if Hillary attacks Tulsi and says she's a Russian asset, that's going to help Tulsi because people hate Hillary. They don't respect her. They don't trust her. And, you know, if, if MSNBC says something about you or is promoting somebody, yeah, I mean, like my mom and stuff watches MSNBC and believes a lot of that stuff. I tell her, don't be brainwashed by that. And she, she can't argue with me. She has no arguments and she laughs, but she still believes that shit that she's watching. She can't help it. So um, I was looking at, I know you don't want to talk about the odds, but having said that, that's what I want to bring up right now. I looked at just Betfair odds. Like that's pretty much a good, the best place, like the open market betting on the, this, not just the United States. Like say if you wanted to fill out an Oscar pool or something like looking at the Oscar odds, that's the best way. And Betfair odds actually really surprised me. And not only was Trump, well, Trump heavily favored makes sense. It should be. Yeah. Especially um, this Iowa disaster. 
Yeah, at eight, basically eight to eleven, if you want to put it in American terms. Yeah. Um, Bernie was second, and this really surprised me. Bloomberg is third, and yeah. like Mayor Pete is still a distant fifth. At I think that's right. To one. I think that's okay. Right. All right, I think, that, that's, right. that's, I think, that's I think those odds are most, spot on. Yeah. Okay. I think uh, this Mayor Pete thing is bullshit. He's not going to get anywhere. There, I told you though. I did tell you, Biden has no chance. He's fourth at thirteen to one. According I, to this, I told you Biden has no chance, no. and when he is exposed for being the total moron that he so obviously is, and completely corrupt, that what's going to happen is Bernie's going to start winning, and that they're going to try to foist Mayor Pete, you know, a nutless monkey like that, on us, and and they'll probably fail because people know better at this point, and but the Mayor Pete was sort of the sleeper they were going to force on us, but then. I'm now thinking that the real play is, okay, Mayor Pete is like one, he's like, you know, Glass Joe, you know, Bernie will knock him out. Maybe he's like the Sandman. I don't know. You know, there's like, in Punch Out, there's a few levels, Piston Hurricane, whoever. And then uh, the bigger, you know, the bigger fighter is going to be Bloomberg just because he's spending like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on the race. And, you know, people, I guess, are dumb enough to think, oh, well, you know, he was the mayor of New York. He's successful. Maybe he can beat Trump. But I actually think that Bloomberg, his real purpose, I would say, is not actually to beat Trump. It's to hand the election to Trump in the event that Bernie's the inevitable nominee. If they can't cheat Bernie out of it with this kind of stuff, I think they'll third party him. You know, They'll sort of nominate their own guy, third party him, whatever it is. And then what'll happen is, a lot of people hate Trump, and they would just vote for whoever is nominated. But if Bloomberg and Bernie are two different options, then Bernie has all of his very large support. But a lot of the Trump haters, who will be, they'll scare them off from Bernie. They'll say he's a socialist or whatever. They'll just vote for whoever the other non-Trump option is. But if that option didn't exist, then, of course, Bernie would have a good chance to win because all of his supporters and then everybody who hates Trump combined would be probably a majority. But if the hate the Trump haters have another option, that'll split the non-Trump vote and Trump will probably win pretty easily and then they'll say, "You see, we told you not to uh, to nominate him. It's just like McGovern in the 70s. You shouldn't have nominated a socialist." But it's not but he probably would have won just like he would have won last time. It's just they're going to screw him over. And and that's my prediction is that Bloomberg is going to be sort of a spoiler rather than a serious candidate to win. Um, all that makes sense. One thing I read is that Democrats fear uh, that the Trump supporters would, or they fear Bernie more, and they would come out in droves more than say versus a Mayor Pete. Do you think? What do you think of that? Of course, Trump fears Bernie more, no. and no. Mayor Pete is astroturf bullshit. It's just that's just no. a, a fake creation. Nobody supports that guy. He's got like his little team of you know operatives, like all these fake astroturf people have, and they just manufacture it. You know, they get fake bots. They, they, there's nobody who supports that. Nobody wants a centrist guy speaking in platitudes about nonsense who's just going to return us to the Obama-Clinton policies that have made so, so many people so enraged, screwed up the healthcare system, financialized the entire economy. It, it's, it's a populist world, and it's either going to be Bernie or it's going to be Trump. And that should be the matchup. I mean, people hate Trump, and that's fine. Trump was elected. People are like, oh, he's a threat to democracy. Oh, really? The guy who was elected is a threat to democracy? We need to overthrow the election to save democracy? I mean, do you even understand what these people are saying? It's so <laughs> absurd. It's like, wait, we don't want to have to run against him and defeat him at the ballot box, which is what you should do if you don't like him. 
because that's democracy. But we need to remove him because he was on some phone call about some Ukraine weapons bullshit that nobody cares about at all. We need to remove him before we, he can be reelected. That's the most anti-democratic thing of all time. So, um, well, speaking of which, right before we started recording, uh, did you see the the impeachment? You know, trial actually happened, and obviously he was voted of course. not guilty. It was a waste of time. It was a waste of time, and it was just bullshit stuff. You know, if they impeach Bush for invading Iraq uh, under false pretenses and lying about weapons of mass destruction and killing five hundred thousand people, there was one guy on Twitter. I think this guy John Rob. He tweeted, that. "He's like that would be like a morally powerful impeachment. It'd be like." 500,000 people died because of your actions. We, you need to be removed. You, did, you lied and caused us to do the gravest thing you can do, which is declare war on another country, on other human beings, and, and murder so many of them for no reason. That, that would be, the, the country would pay attention to that. You tortured people. You, you violated the conventions, against, the Geneva Conventions against torture. But this, this, that would be real shit. Saying, well, oh, you, uh, I think there was a quid pro quo, even though the president of Ukraine says there wasn't, but you seem to be pursuing Biden because you're afraid of him, you know, uh, being a rival, even though Biden's never going to even make it close. And so you're trying to get dirt on him, even though there is real dirt on him, but that's the way you did it. It was going to benefit you politically. And that's, nobody looks at that and says, oh my God, that's a horrible thing to do. It's, that's just like, that's just spin. I mean, when you invade a country and murder 500,000 people or you get on a phone call and you ask them to investigate, look into the Biden dealings, it just, you see what I'm saying? There's no moral um, weight behind this bullshit charade. People pretend, oh, this is the worst thing in the Constitution. Ooh, I, I, I mean, they're, they're literally every vote, well, maybe not literally, but whatever. Pretty much every vote is, you know, divided down party lines. So, I mean, isn't right. it? Well, I, I, I have to that. say, I Bernie, I, you know, I like Bernie. I think Bernie's a good person, even though I don't agree with all of his policies. But he voted, too. And I, I think that's weak. Tulsi voted present in the House impeachment. Right. And I just feel like that was weak. Like, this is not... Go beat him at the box. Believe in democracy. People voted for Trump. They hated Hillary Clinton, and they did not. They liked Obama, but they did not like his policies, the results of his policies. They liked him personally, mm-hmm. but his policies were losers for most people. And mm-hmm. they voted for Trump, and he got elected fair and square. And it wasn't Russia, and nobody made Hillary not com- campaign in those states, and nobody made them force Hillary on the electorate. They, no one liked her. And she lost, and that was that. And, and so it's kind of like, okay, well, now go and beat him at the uh, ballot box. You hate Trump. You think he's a douchebag. You think he's a moronic clown that badly represents us? Good. I, I agree. Go ahead and vote him out of office then. Don't try some sham bullshit impeachment where, A, you know you're going to fail. B, his approval rating is higher than ever after this. It, there was no moral weight behind this bullshit call. Nobody really gives a shit. It's just a partisan thing because... You know, again, the Iraq war was just, it was a crime against humanity. Like there was moral weight. And the same nutless people who were saying this is the worst thing ever with Trump didn't even consider trying to impeach Bush. By the way, some of them were still in Congress or in the Senate. And that's pathetic. You know, they, they wouldn't act when they were torturing and murdering people under false pretenses. But, oh, he made a phone call about selling arms to Ukraine and then he withheld the arms or he seemed to withhold the arms because pending an investigation and then the president say, well, no, he never really did withhold him. He just asked us for a favor. It's like, it's so, it, it's, it's strange credulity to think that like that's on the level of the drama that, that these people are, are talking about. And, and so, 
yeah, I mean, of, of course it was just on partisan lines. And of course, the public actually views Trump more favorably as a result of their stupid efforts. And then you see the, the headlines of Pelosi ripping up his speech or whatever. Do you have any, any other political thoughts before we move on? Yeah, I'll just say that, oh, oh, you go, girl, badass, ripping up the speech. But she just voted for his military budget and his trade deal. They're not resisting. They're going along with it. Because the truth is that most things that Trump does that are not good for the average person are what the Democrats want also. So they vote along with him. So if they actually were going to resist his policies and take on what he stands for, you know, ripping up the speech, that's just dumb. If you want to rip up the speech, rip up his legislation, you know, rip up his stop, you know, block his legislation. But they never do that. They never because they, they agree with it. So the, the Democratic Party is basically just a lobbying outfit for the banks and the uh, the military contractors. And the, the one good thing about all this is just it's obvious. And so I, I don't know what's going to happen, but. I do think the Bernie Tulsi Yang wing of the party, the party that actually has support and seems to care somewhat about the plight of actual people in the party, the constituents, should just sort of get together and say, you know, you DNC people and you Hillary people, you're fired. You're all out. You know, go just do your lobbying somewhere else. Like, you're not part of this party. And that may happen. I mean, they may have overreached to the point where it happens, or they may just have to form a new party. All right. Do uh, you have any further thoughts on that topic? No, that's it. That's all I got to say. Okay. Um, we'll talk some sports. Uh, tempted as I am to ask your opinion on the NBA trade deadline. That's not till tomorrow, so we'll uh, we'll wait to your extensive thoughts next week. Uh, as a Bay Area fan, in morning, didn't love that Mookie Betts is now on the Dodgers. What a just loaded lineup, man! You see that. Their setup is just crazy. Yeah, crazy. Uh, even what if David Bryce, whatever, he might be overpriced, but what if he bounces back in the NL? No pun intended. Um, yeah, so that sucks. The bet's going to the Dodgers. Um, have you done any baseball drafts or what? You're probably covering that just pretty extensively for the XM show these days, right? Yeah, I did a, uh, a best ball draft, uh, an NF- NFBC best ball. It's like 10 bucks. Let, let the users sure. in, listeners in. It was actually good. It was totally different rules. It's like small rosters and it's a points league, but it just got me researching guys when it was my turn to pick. And it got me up on it a little bit more. I'm annoyed by the Betts trade. I just think it's a bullshit trade. They were trying to shed salary about the luxury tax. And they have Rafael Devers. They have Bogarts. They have Benintendi. They have Chris Sale. I just think to get rid of Betts at age 27 when he's under contract for a year at $27 million, which is a bargain for him, Second best player in baseball last yeah. five years. Yeah, Mine that's, trout, right. that's it. Yeah. I mean, imagine if the Angels traded Trout, didn't get any prospects, and just did it to shed Pujols' contract. I mean, how terrible is that? It would be like, what? You're doing what? You know, there's some arguments like, well, you know, he's a free agent after the year, and so they got something for him. They shed contract, and they got Verdugo and some pitching prospect. But kind of feel like... They should have got Gavin Lux for Mookie Betts at least, is what I feel like, yeah. even even with the contract situation. Right. If you got a real prospect, okay, fine. And then also, I just think Mookie Betts, he's a homegrown guy. He's only 27. You, you lock him up for like seven, eight years at max cost, and you're like, well, you know, this is the Derek Jeter of our organization, the new David Ortiz of our organization. Like, we, this is the guy that is the Red Sox for life. And if you're not going to do that, then you just you just operating your team from a spreadsheet like you're never trading Mookie bets in his prime just seems 
it just seems whack. It's just like that's the number one guy. That's the face of the franchise. That's your best player since Pedro Martinez, probably. No, for sure. And yeah, no. And the the Red Sox are the ones dumping it too. It's very surprising, and you didn't see that coming a year it's ago. It's Florida Marlins esque. You know, they spent this yeah. money. Some of the contracts, like Price and Hanley Ramirez and Sandoval, were dumb. But they got a World Series, and now they're just kind of blowing it up. I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, just because they spent the money, I guess, poorly last year, they just suddenly wanted to get under the tax threshold. I don't know. The ownership changed its views there. But uh, very, uh, yeah, like I said, not not loving it, landing in the Dodgers. And, boy, that lineup just looks absolutely crazy, um, ridiculous. But, yeah, I'm getting into more baseball mode. Yahoo Fantasy launched. Um, I'm going to do a, a live draft action in San Francisco on Saturday. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I need to start studying more. And, uh, hey, I have no problem moving past – football but um how about everything else uh, i got uh, got the rowing machine going i've been been doing that and uh yeah not not much else here list just other than uh the depression uh how about yourself yeah so i'm working on the five minute mile i've been going yeah out how's running. it going it's yeah, one good okay. thing is my ankle's fine i haven't knock on wood i haven't really i've heard you know i felt a couple tweaks but nothing that would stop me remotely and today i went running and i went by myself so when i go by myself i jog like two miles and i do like a qu- each last quarter of each one kind of faster and so i ran the last quarter of the first mile at a seven pace 145 and then i ran the last quarter of the second one at a six pace 130 and i was even faster than a six pace about 300 meters and as i started rounding the last turn i was like you know i was starting to like my legs are starting to like not cramp up but i started to really feel like fatigue and like i was kind of out of breath so i just forced the last 100 meters and finished in 130 but i do think and i was a little a little cold or something today so i do think that i can get to 115 which is what you need for the five minute mile and then i just got to extend the distance that i can do it but i i I definitely i don't know if i can run a whole five minute mile but i'm going to try but i feel like i can just get to the, the key is to get to the 115 quarter even maybe a 110 if i can and then just go, you know, instead of 400 meters, go 450, go 500, start pushing the length I can do that pace for. Nice, man. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see if you do this. I, uh, myself, I'm sore. I hadn't, uh, hadn't done any push-ups in a while, got back to that. Like I said, the rowing machine. Hey, so far so good uh, because I'm actually using it. Even the wife's using it. So uh, you talk shit, but the rowing machine's actually getting better to exercise than not. So uh, I'm happy we got that so far. And uh, yeah, yeah, listen, keep keep butt up, man. Get that five-minute mile. and uh, Five-minute mile is tough. Well, no, I got, a bet. I got a bet with uh, this guy, Phil Dussault, who's uh, – an NFBC guy that I yeah, see, I've yeah. seen him in New York. He's usually in the New York draft. He's a cool guy. And he was dubious and he offered me a bet of 530. And I said, dude, I just threw out that five as like a half baked <laughs> idea. That wasn't like something I really, you know, I'm not a runner or anything. Right. And I'm like, right. you know, I'm 510, like one, well, I'm now 175, but like, you know, I'm usually my normal weight's like 510, 187. I'm not like built like a Kenyan marathoner, you know? So it's like, right. this is like not a, and I'm 48 years old. So I'm going to be 49 in a few months. So, this is not like, you know, I, so I said, how about 545? He said, I'll give you two to one at 545. So that's June 30th I have to do 545. Uh, nice. And that'll be hard enough. But I think the five-minute mile, I, I hope I can get it done by then, but I might have to train into next year. I, I don't know how long it'll take. I, I got. I feel like I can do it. Like, I don't know if I can do five, but I feel like I can build up a lot of strength and stamina and get faster and, you know, and maybe, you know, get within... I don't know. I actually don't know what, what my max is, but I, 
I got to get the 545 by June 30th to win that bet. But then I'll keep going and see if I can get down to five. Well, I have faith in you. I'm rooting for you. Um, you bring up weight, man. I'm uh, battling now. I, uh, I'm eating healthier, but st- getting too skinny almost doing it. So I'm trying to, it's actually a funny, weird, weird battle of, uh, you know, eating healthier has gotten me too skinny. So, um, Which is, eat a lot of, eat a lot of, uh, starchy vegetables especially you know what's really good well you probably won't gain weight i've been i've been getting into resistant starch which is like if you yeah i heard you say that what is that i never heard of resistant starch so i, I remember you mentioned that briefly in a, in a previous pod what, what is that apparently like if you cook a potato bake a potato or whatever and then let it cool in your fridge so it's cold and then just put some salt and butter on it the next day or even reheat it i think the starches in the potato become resistant to digestion they change from the heating and cooling and that basically you cannot uh, absorb them in your stomach or your gut, and it goes into your lower intestine to be digested by all the bacteria in your body. And apparently the, the good bacteria love that shit. They just eat it up. Mm. And you're absorbing a lot less of the carbohydrates because, again, you can't really digest it and get the sugar in your bloodstream. It goes to your lower intestine and feeds these bugs that you need to thrive. So that green bananas, Sasha and I have been eating all these green bananas, like, super green i got some that were too green that were just like a rock i mean they weren't like a rock they was like eating a carrot almost and with so sugar them. forms the longer they sit out of course you know those when they have black spots on them they get they're right. super sweet right. so yeah you really want to uh you, you want to eat them green you can even put them in a smoothie you know like yogurt and a green banana and like some berries or something you know you could put a drop of honey if you just can't take the the non-sweetness and if you want to gain weight you know, honey, not too much of it, but if mixed with like that and yogurt, it's not a bad thing to add. But so I'm right. trying to eat yeah. a little bit of that, get the uh, microbiome in shape also. So, yeah, all right. That's good to know. Resistant chart, start, I will yeah. definitely can, yeah, uh, look it up. Look it up. I will look into that. No, 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 of, for sure. A lot of stuff on that. I, I will. No, for sure. Uh, absolutely. All right, man. Uh, pretty much all I got. Uh, don't have much on the. Uh, what a destroyer, a band destroyer. I really like their new album. Check them out. A band called destroyer. And then I'll be watching the Oscars, uh, this weekend. That's Sunday night. But, um, other than that list, uh, just, uh, sadness over here in uh Niner land. And I lost, a didn't lose a lot of money, but I definitely didn't win a lot of money. That's, that's for sure. So, um, yeah, it Sorry, feels, like a, it feels, it feels like a loss. It feels like a loss yeah. to you. I'm sure. Even oh, though you... it, it, yeah, 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 man. I mean, it's just, so tough to make the Super Bowl. It's like everything has to go right. Like it's oh. other sports, you know, you can make it back, you know, in basketball or if you have a superstar quarterback, maybe, but it just takes so much to go right to even make it. And then just, yeah, just brutal, man. Well, one more, one more thing we got to cover, obviously. What's the, come on. I can't believe you're not thinking as neurotic as you are. You're not thinking what, about the, the big world event that's going on right now. Um, big world event that's going on right now. I don't know. Oh no. What? The coronavirus? You're not concerned oh. about that? <laughs> yes. I guess we should talk about that. What are your thoughts on that, man? Yeah. There's even some area uh, in like Santa Clara, which is very close to me. Speaking of the 49ers, um, uh, that's where they play. So yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I should have brought that up. Uh, I, I'm nervous about it, man. It's, it's, it's no joke. Like it's not just like, so there's like 494 deaths. I've got this like updated death toll on my, there's like a Johns Hopkins thing. And the data is not great because China's lying about stuff. 
But if you've seen videos in China, they're like shutting down whole cities. There's no one on the street. They're spraying it. Everyone's in these full hazmat type suits. No, you're an idiot. I mean, I'm an idiot. I, I should have had this at the top. Yeah, this is absolutely huge. I think it was so in front of my face. I forgot. This might be our last yeah. podcast, uh, you know, yeah. and they may Seriously. shut down no, connectivity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know why that blinked on that. Absolutely. But yes, no, this shit is very scary. And um, yeah, I'm totally interested in your thoughts. Here's what's scary. Uh, I listened to this podcast, Tales from the Crypt. It's a Bitcoin podcast, but they were talking about this. Great old HBO show. Yes, it was an old HBO show. It's, but this is just a podcast, and it's mostly Bitcoin, but they're talking about this. And so there's, I guess, according to the Johns Hopkins thing, again, this is very, this data is not, it's hard to get really accurate data out of China, but there's 494 total deaths, almost all of them in China, and 1,029 people have apparently recovered. So, you know, at first you think, oh, there's 24,600 people who have been confirmed with the virus, only 494 deaths. That doesn't sound too bad. Like, it probably won't kill me. But it's what it, there's only 1,000 recovered. So only, you know, it's only two-to-one recovery-to-death ratio right now. The, the ones that are confirmed but they haven't recovered, they're in between. We don't know if they're going to recover or die, right? That's un, you can't just look to confirmed cases and then deaths because some people are on their way to dying, obviously. It's only the recovery that matter. And then they were talking about how, it's this talk with Dave Collum, who's this like chem, chemistry professor at Cornell, I guess. They're saying that like, even the people that recovered, I mean, their immune systems might have been pretty beaten up. I mean, you can, if you get a flu, you know, you feel a little crappy for a week after, but you get over it. But some viruses damage your immune system forever. Hepatitis, things like that, right? I mean, those things, those things, is that a virus? I think it is. But those things, Permanently, you know, you get a permanent damage to your immune system even after you recover. So that's a little scary. And, you know, obviously the fact that there's misinformation and that this thing is also not necessarily symptomatic for quite a while. So it could be a couple of weeks where someone's spreading it and has no symptoms. And you could have it for two weeks without knowing. So it's kind of scary, like how far it might have progressed before we really start getting bigger numbers. Now, it's encouraging that in the U.S. there's only been 12 confirmed cases or something and none in Portugal and very few around the world. And there's some theory that that people of Chinese descent or even Asian descent, males especially, are more susceptible to it based on the genetic structure of the virus. So there's a bunch of speculation. This is all speculation. But the thing that's not speculation is with a, with something like this where this can wipe out literally millions of people. I mean, it's a virus, you know, it's, it's something that can go viral, right? It's, that's the point of it. Um, we should be very, take it very seriously and, and not, not be dismissive. A lot of journalists are like, Oh, this is not as bad as the flu and all that. We know what the flu is. We get the flu every year. You know, we know it kills some people. It makes you sick, but this is a whole different level of danger, something unknown like this. And we shouldn't be cavalier about it. I guess that would be the takeaway. Yeah, so I, I read about this teacher in China, a university teacher who emailed a small group of people some concern that um, it was a, some coronavirus was in their area. And like later that night, cops were at his door, basically forcing him to sign something saying, I will not spread yes. this propaganda. He was a doctor, again, he was a doctor I think. A do- oh, a doctor. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was a doctor, actually. Okay, my bad. Um, and that's scary for a couple reasons. A, it just shows that we are pretty damn fortunate where we live. And two, um, uh, we don't know what the truth is over there, you know, what information they're, they're releasing to us as far as the numbers or how serious it is, is who knows how close to the truth it is. So I mean, right. that, that's well, like how a, many, a very scary situation over there in China. The guys on this podcast were like, well, if there's 
let's say there's instead of 24,000, which is the number, let's say there's 150,000. A lot of those right. people are going to be dying before they even get to the hospital. There's, when they get to the hospital, there's not going to be enough beds. And even if there are beds on a makeshift basis, they're not going to have like the, what he said, half a million dollars worth of equipment that you would need to treat, you know, an Ebola victim in the U.S. or the, the couple that were, you know, in the U.S. a few years ago, you know, serious, serious medical stuff. It's just like a bed and a saline drip. That's all you can get in mass. You can't order five hundred thousand million dollar machines. You know, it's just it's not going to like. You can't just ship those overnight, and they're really expensive. And so they may not even know. They they may not even have enough test kits to test everybody. You know, how many test kits do they have for this? So it is uh, it is scary. And that yeah, that story illustrates that the first instinct was to shut down the info but if you look at videos it is a ghost town it's, it's like apocalyptic there's these guys with hazmat suits and machine guns walking around in some of the places which is like that's like some you know post-apocalyptic tv show type of stuff and but the but the good thing it sounds like china took it really seriously now like they're really right, right. it's not like and a lot of countries are you know stopping flights there and stuff we'll see we've never been this connected globally there hasn't been this much air traffic between countries so you know, I would just, I've been taking grapefruit seed extract and a, a drop of iodine and selenium. I've been doing some little, like, who knows if that shit will work, but it's all antiviral stuff just for uh, precautions. Grapefruit seed extract. Yeah, not, um, not to be confused with grape seed extract, grapefruit seed extract. It tastes fucking terrible. You put a few drops in, mix it with water, it tastes horrible. Just get it down morning and night. It was, it's like a good remedy to like prevent getting the regular flu. Because it's antiviral, and maybe it could help uh, prevent getting. You take that every day. I have been now. I wouldn't take it every day, you know. Otherwise, it can it can mess up your gut bacteria a little. You should probably take probiotics with it. It's not. It's like a natural antibiotic, but it also is antiviral. I take probiotics. So you're saying you just take it occasionally. You're saying like you're worried about if you're worried about yeah, something. I'll take it. Yeah, or if there's or if there's like if Sasha and Heather are sick, I'll take it. Uh, you know, I, I would give it to Sasha and Heather, but I don't think they'll drink it. It tastes so bad. But I would, right. try, I would try. Heather thinks I'm being a little paranoid, but you know, the seem to let has a whole thread about this is exactly when you should be paranoid. When there's an unknown, catastrophic possibility with something like this, don't be paranoid about you know what's going to happen. Whether you be fired from work or what people are thinking about you, that's small shit. That shit has minor consequences. This is a a major consequence. So you should be a little paranoid about things that have what he would say fat tails. Things that may be unlikely, but if they if they hit, they hit enormous. Rather than things that you know maybe likely, maybe not, but the hit is something you can withstand. You know, this is not something you can withstand. So, or it's possibly not. So, just I, I'm being a little bit paranoid. Well, here's how twisted you and I are. You know, we uh, here's a virus that may end humanity, and we spend the first 95 percent of our uh-huh. podcast bitching about the 49ers in the Super Bowl. So, um, uh, man, but on that note, list, yes. uh, yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. That's definitely we buried the lead here. That's some serious shit. Yeah, real man worries about the money he lost on the Super Bowl. That's absolutely right. Only a nutless monkey cares about humanity being annihilated. Yeah, uh, yeah, clearly I was. It wasn't on my mind, clearly. Yeah, obviously, real man. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, all right, good talking. We'll uh, we'll do some baseball, I guess, next week. We'll get back into baseball. Yeah, sounds good. Later, Liz.